On Monday, March 4th, the world class actor Luke Perry to a stroke. Most known for his role in 90210, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and of course Riverdale, playing Fred Andrews, Archie's humble and charming father, sometimes blurring the acting world between fiction and reality. But beyond acting, by all accounts, Luke was a loving and supportive father and a wonderful all-around person. We here would like to extend our deepest condolences to Riverdale's extended family, his friends, and of course his family. We ask that you observe a moment of silence with us before the show in honor of his life and memory. Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. This is the Chilling Coven, the podcast that we talk about Sabrina. And I'm here with some very cool people. Uh, one that I would like to introduce right away is Christopher Conforti. Hello, you you handsome guy. How you doing? <laughs> Great, how about you? What's new? Well, I'm going to try to say something different than what I usually say. So a lot is new. A lot is new. A lot is new, yes. That's color. Like, that's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> color. <laughs> that's color. That's like my new catchphrase. If, like, something's really neat and awesome, I'm like, yeah, it's color, bro. Being that Ross wisely made fun of me the last time was saying, nothing is new, because that's what I always say. Yeah. Now I'm just going to say everything is new. That's so good. Just like cool. awesomeness, everything is awesome. Yeah. Um, everything sick, is new. Sick reference to the Lego movie. Good job. Um... And with me, us two, our other co-host, one of my favorite guys in the world. He is sitting right next to me. I am touching his hand right now as we speak. His name is Ross Airhorn Coltrane. Rossimus. Rossimus Jones. That's what Chris calls me. Ross, oh, Rossimus. Okay. <laughs> I've literally called him Rossimus for 10 years. Rossimus Prime. 2008. 2007, uh, actually. Because yeah. of Transformers? like Rossimus no, because of Lackawanna College. Oh. Yeah. I, I remember when Ross used to uh, dress up as, like, Rastafarian. Rastafarian? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> remember he used to have the long dreadlocks? Yeah. And you that would come his, in. And his rebellious I, years. Yeah. He's like, hey! And we're like, all right, keep it down. He's like, you guys like hacky sack? We're like, we'll talk later, man. Yeah, he'd be, like, doing hacky sack on a skateboard. It was, like, really weird. <laughs> yeah. We're like, that guy is really neat. I like him. <laughs> right? How are, are you still like, do you miss your dreadlocks and stuff? And... No, those days are gone. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right, and then, last but not least, our very first special guest that we've ever had in show. our entire lives yeah. on this show. Um, guys, welcome, El Snow. Hey, everybody, we're crossing the streams. Yeah. Our first time ever. Uh, yes. podca- you might remember me from such, such podcasts as River Dudes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the crossover here. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is a crossover episode that we haven't gotten yet with Riverdale and Sabrina. Yeah. We're doing it first. Yeah, so we have a first special guest, and it's El Snow, who um, 
easily is one of the best guests yes, to have yeah. on a podcast because she's so informational. Informative. Yeah. <laughs> Informative. That's what I meant. Yeah, I don't So informational. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, if there's anything I can do to be more informational, you just let me know. I had to say it because you were saying <laughs> what is, I don't know we what. We Stannis Baratheon over here correcting everybody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, but the guy no that has no notes has all the grammar. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's got the thesaurus on grammar. <laughs> like, let me help you out today. Um, <laughs> all right, thanks for being so informational, Ralph. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but today we are talking about Chapter Nine: The Returned Man. Yep. Um, this episode was directed by Craig William McNeil, um, who did the film Lizzie in 2018 about Lizzie Borden. Did you guys see that? You know I never see any of them. Wait, 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 which one was it? <laughs> um, it's called Lizzie. What? And, and it has uh, Kristen Stewart in it, Chloe Savigny, or Savigny. Did you know. see Lizzie Morgan or Lizzie Borden? Borden. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't see it. I wanted to see that. Yeah, I actually... I actually I, know somewhat about that, so... Yeah. Um, this episode was written by Axel Carolyn and Christina Hamm. I thought he was going to say Axel Rose. Axel Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime somebody says Axel, my, my immediate reaction is either Rose. Rose or Rotten. Yeah. yeah. It's one of them. True. Rose, Rotten. Right. Right. One's a professional singer, and one is... A late, great wrestler. Right. One one that we actually got to work with. Multiple times. Um, We did some cinematography... Uh, no. <laughs> Would you just describe wrestling camera work as cinematography? <laughs> Wait. To, to put this into perspective, he just described holding a camera and, and going, like, in a complete square around the ring cinematography. Well... <laughs> E- EJ doesn't really have it tonight, so just bear with us. Oh, I think Ross should read all of my notes. I I don't know what I am talking about today. Oh my gosh! No, we did camera work for a, a wrestling promotion, and Axel Rotten was on it. Okay, so this episode starts with a knock at the door, and if you recall, the last episode ends with a knock at the door. Yeah. And we assume that it's Tommy, and that would be correct, because <laughs> when Harvey opens the door, it's actually Sabrina. But Harvey tells her that his brother has returned, yeah. and Harvey also informs her that the shock hasn't really worn off yet, and Tommy is not talking at all, not really eating, mm-hmm. but the doctor thinks it could be due to him being trapped in the mine. Traumatized. And, and traumatized by what happened to him. Um, but, but yeah, then we cut over to Ambrose. He's at the Spellman home, and he's excited to go to the academy. And he's showing off his new threads. Oh, I, lo- Hilda. I, I love this scene. Yeah, tell me. What do you love about I, I just love the scene. I love, uh, I like his Ambrose's little dance routine, and I just love what he's wearing. Like, I love that the shirt with the, with the blazer with the jeans. Knock, knock out. Like yeah, the great. dude is stylish. Stylish, styling, profiling. That's great. your boy, Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> Ross is bringing the notes tonight. Yes, he's only had three months to do it. He's like, he's like I want to talk about wardrobe tonight, guys. Or I stayed up all night writing these notes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so the next scene we see is um, Hel- uh, Zelda and Lord Blackwood are actually hooking up. Hooking up. Um, Blackwood and asks Zelda to be the night mother to his children. Uh-huh. Um, but we see that they're like hooking up and he's actually married to Lady Blackwood. But she doesn't really partake in the f- sexual, um, I don't know, what's a good word for it, uh, desires that Blackwood is looking for, like yeah. Lord Blackwood. So he's like, oh, it's great to do this stuff my wife's not into. And it's like, dude, you're married, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, then we got cut back, and Sabrina fills in Ambrose on the situation with Tommy Kinkle, and... He thinks that they should go to the aunties and tell them. Mm-hmm. But Sabrina is like, nah, man, it's cool. We're going to be <laughs> all right. I, I think everything's fine. I, I, the, 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 I like that. I like this scene. It, I, just, I just like how Ambrose, like how he's talking to her, how he, just like how they go back and forth. Like that. I just like the scene. It's a good scene. You're just like Ambrose. Anytime we bring up Ambrose, you're like, hey, I got some notes on this. Yeah, I do. But I I like his scene. I like the scenes with Ambrose and and Sabrina like a lot. Yeah, same. I like the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. He's he's young enough that he'll get into mischief with her, but he's old enough that he'll like try to offer his level of guidance. His guidance, yeah. I mean, the, um, like when, when, Sabrina had been asking Hilda about resurrection. You know, she told her how dangerous it was, and so like she knows she doesn't she isn't supposed to do it. And I think that's why she doesn't want to go to the ants right now because she'd be admitting some fault on her part, like that she screwed up and did right. something she wasn't supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I feel like Ambrose is kind of being uh, Jiminy Cricket right now, just acting as her voice of conscience. Mm-hmm. No, I I totally agree. You are so informational. I love it. <laughs> Um, no, and then, uh, yeah, I love their dynamic. I think yeah, it's one of my favorite things I've always talked about on the show is the family dynamic. Yeah. Like, I, I've always been a bigger fan of that than actually the friends at school. But not yeah, not else. talking bad about the friends at school. I just, yeah. like, anything with the family, I'm always more invested in. Yeah. But I think it's because of their dynamics. It's just great to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. So, at the Academy, Agatha starts coughing up dirt, um, the actual soil of Cain, um, that she was buried in in the last episode. So, Nick Scratch, a.k.a. the goddamn devil, um, he <laughs> astro-projects himself to tell Sabrina oh. and starts to question Sabrina about Tommy and Harvey. Um, so... Sinister vibes are kind of felt by Sabrina in this moment, like because she's like, I don't think I should really trust Nick right now or anything. And um, so when Nick leaves, she actually enlists Salem to keep an eye on Harvey. And so at the Kinkle house, Tommy's acting weird as uh, he's like scratching the mirror, and then he's like scratching a photo of himself, um, because Harvey's like trying to get Tommy to snap out of it. And so he shows him this family, like, photo album, and there's pictures of Tommy, and he's in his football uniform, and then Tommy starts touching the photo and, like, scratching it. Um, what do you guys think that meant? I just think it's, like, a weird scene. <laughs> That's all I think. I mean, it's weird, because he goes from 
the mirror to the photo. Yeah. So it's almost like he's fascinated by his sense of self. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just looking at the mirror, and so, like, you're wondering, like, is his brain that childlike that he thinks the photo is the same as the mirror? Right. <laughs> or that he's not relating that the photo and the mirror are both him. Um, if we go back, though, to the coughing up blood, uh, the soil. Yes. There's, the setup of that is great, because all the girls are, you know, saying their bedtime prayers to Satan. Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh... From her point of view, you just see, um, like, the hands twitching on the bed instead of folded, and how she's not saying anything, just kind of, like, her shoulders kind of shaking a little bit. It's so subtly done, but, like, you see the other sisters notice her acting weird, but it's, like, so it was, like, a very, like, subtle way to ease into the situation, and then her throwing up the dirt makes it that much more violent because you're like oh that like you thought she was just crying or upset right. or something and yeah you know that was really i i was very I'm, i like little moments like that where you can show something in a subtle way and yeah they did no, that I, one very well i agree i thought it was very <clears throat> handled very well and i thought the um i did like the nighttime prayers i thought that was kind of cool I don't know. It's just like little things like that that add so much to it makes it feel that more world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's um, funny because Salem was meowing, which is actually yeah. what drew Sabrina there. Right. And so I'm just imagining Salem because we can't hear what he's saying, but he's just like, "Help! S- someone help!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please help. I don't Torium. know who this is. Help. <laughs> Who's this? And, and you know, you know how how creepy he is. I mean, that's when he's at his best. You know, when he's doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. Who? Sam. Nick Scratch. No, Nick oh, Scratch. Nick Scratch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Creepy Nick Scratch. Yeah. yeah. That's when he's at his best. Creepier they... lion. Yes. Watch. There's gonna be like something, and like people are gonna be listening to this, like on the show, and they're gonna probably be like, like Roberto Aguirre's Acosta. I'd like to imagine is like listening to the show, and it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna sacrifice himself for Sabrina to see what you guys say in this episode. <laughs> yeah. As we keep calling him the devil. Everything. He's the devil. I don't care. I don't yeah, care. He He's the devil. I agree with you. And, but, um, because there's, there's moments in this oh, that yeah. pop up later that we'll talk about, but there, he's like, hey, Sabrina, you should help her. And then there's like a moment where, you know, something's about to happen mm-hmm. and he stops it from happening because mm-hmm. he wants what is happening to happen yeah. you know so i i think he is putting those measures like he's like oh i don't want this to happen to agatha and yeah. then at one point he's there you know to, that he could yeah. easily end it uh-huh. and he's like no you know like he stops the sisters yeah. and we'll talk about that later but um yeah so we see where salem is actually fully aware of the situation watching in the shadows watching like tommy acting strange and he's like Salem's just chilling out in the corner. He's like, Meh. <laughs> just hanging out. But um, back at the mortuary, uh, Hilda receives a call about the rest of the miners that they found them, and they will be dropping them off that day. And she's like, I won't be here to receive them. I have work at my job. Uh, and then Sabrina's like, I'll be busy. And Ambrose is like, Well, I'll be at the academy. That's when Zelda's like, I'll receive them. That's fine. Um, and then Sabrina gets a stare from Ambrose about her coming clean to the aunties, right? Because they're sitting there and 
and Zelda's like, I just have a great feeling about stuff, you know, and uh, that's when Ambrose, like, looks at her, like, <laughs> and, and Sabrina's like, it's gonna be, it's, it's, it's fine, like, just trust me, everything will be cool. But anyways, uh, at school, Sabrina sneaks into Wardwell's office to put back the book she took from her office in the last episode to do the resurrection. So Wardwell spits out some um, ominous omens that she felt last night. And Sabrina kind of like plays it cool. She's like, I heard the hounds of hell barking last night. And I think it was eerie and something vicious and malicious happened. And Sabrina's like, oh, I, 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 uh, I didn't feel that. <laughs> <laughs> it took her that long to say it. <laughs> no, um... And then and we, she just gives her a look like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure nothing happens? Because I watched. Um, <laughs> but Roz tells Sabrina about her dream that she had and the hounds of hell eating Tommy Kinkle. It was like ripping him apart. Yeah. And that's when Sabrina asks Roz like for help because she thinks that if she could get in contact with Tommy, like, face-to-face with Tommy, maybe she can fix what is wrong with Tommy. So, um, and and maybe get, like, another vision. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any notes for this? We're not to the part yet that I have notes for. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, (laughs) We're just wondering. You were, like, going through all of your notes there. (laughs) No, no, I just thought maybe you had something. No, I was like, okay. Uh, Ambrose gets a warm welcome from Father Blackwood to the Academy. Um, And then Nick comes with the Weird Sisters, and (laughs) they ask Ambrose for help, right? He admits he can't help with... The questions about the cane pit, but he knows someone who can, which is Aunt Hilda. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ambrose makes a call to Hilda. Hilda then admits to Ambrose that the girl is doomed, right? At first she's like, oh, if you do this, a little bit of that. Fizzy water. Yeah, fizzy water. <laughs> a little He's bit like, and pepper. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you just like did Alka-Seltzer. Like, that's basically what you did. And she's like, that girl's doomed. Like, there's no helping her. The the earth, like, death wants a life. Um, and so it's coming to collect. And it's either going to be her or the person that actually died. And that's when Ambrose just comes out and says everything to Hilda. He's like, okay, so this is what really happened. So it cuts away. We don't see it, obviously. But he fills her in on everything that happened. So. Before moving on, uh, the scene with Father Blackwood and, and Ambrose in his office. <laughs> yeah. Why is Father Blackwood being so nice to Ambrose? Yeah. He really <coughs> doesn't seem like the guy who would do things out of just pure altruism. He has to have an ulterior motive, and I'm trying to figure out what that is. Like, do you think he's trying to use Ambrose to possibly spy on the Spellmans? Or that he thinks he might be able to use him as, like, just a piece on a chessboard later on? as Just as a a warlock in general. Like, I don't know what his deal is. Like, why he's so interested in Ambrose. I think think it's um, probably a combination of both of those, right? Like, I think... He does want to keep and like that closer eye on the Spellman family because of Sabrina going against, you know, the Dark Lord's wishes and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I also think um he sees Madame Satan who is kind of like 
in cahoots with the Dark Lord, maybe more so in, more in line than he is. And I think he kind of wants that, like, that backup, you know, like, oh, Ambrose is pretty cool. Oh, so, like, a piece he could use against Wardwell in this, in this yeah. battle of wills. Okay. Yeah, that, I, I, I think, that. but I I'm not sure. More. Yeah. Because I figured, like, if it was just about spying on the Spellmans, he's already got, like, right. Auntie Z wrapped around his finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she pretty much tells him everything, you know, right. but... Maybe but I think it's, uh, uses a pawn against Sabrina to actually get her to become a witch. Yeah, because she because listens she, to him. She listens to Ambrose yeah. more than yeah. so than any of the other ones. There, there's definitely he definitely has a motive, right? With Ambrose, he just kind of comes in and he's like talking like all nice about it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I th- I think it, it, it could be a combination of all of this. You know what I mean? Could I don't be. know if he actually knows the relationship that he does have with Sabrina per se. But uh, there is the possibility that Sabrina talks highly of Ambrose, and he's like, well, maybe I could use that mm-hmm. against her. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, Rosa, we'll see. <laughs> At the Kinkles, Harvey shows Sabrina that Tommy can do a really good Harry Osborne impression. I don't know if you guys got that Spider-Man 3 reference, but yeah. she <laughs> she throws the ball and he's like... <laughs> And he catches it. Everybody's um, trying to forget Spider-Man 3. Uh, except me. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> I love Spider-Man 3. I don't care. EJ's the only fan of Spider-Man 3. So good. Um, anyways, uh, I yeah. so Sabrina then distracts Harvey and asks him, oh, can you get us whatever, right? So then Roz gets to Tommy and like gets to uh, hold his hands, basically, right? And... From that, she gets a vision of Tommy lost in the fog and a crying baby. What do you guys think that was? I mean, we we find out, right? Well, the crying baby part, what is that? Is that just like a hint to where they were? Yeah, I think so. Is that what it was? Okay. Because I was like, is that something else? Because they reveal it later in the episode and... When it gets to that part, I will elaborate more. <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I wanted to touch on this because when Sabrina, in the dark baptism, she she's in the woods, she's walking towards the altar, there's two babies there, right? And one is possibly Sabrina, but the other one had, like, the dirty feet. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah. So I, I wasn't sure if this is, like, like a callback to... Uh, I don't know if they had twins or not. You know what I mean? Like, if Sabrina's a twin or not right. a twin... But I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was going that far into it. I think it was just to emphasize the place rather than a specific being. Yeah. Because um, there was also, like, faint screams, too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think it was just more for, for scene than for, like, a, like another, like, plot hint. Right. Yeah, okay, because I, I wasn't sure. I, I, and that's, like, one thing that popped into my mind. I'm like, is this supposed to be, like, a callback to the twins that were on that altar, I don't know. You know what I mean? Or, like, a sibling. I, I have no idea. Uh, it could be, like, an older sibling that died beforehand. I, I have I no idea. I don't think that. Yeah. And I'll tell you why later. Okay. So there's a okay. scene specific... There's a line specifically in this episode that, that refutes that for me. So Okay. All right. So Sabrina is confronted by Hilda, who tells Sabrina that she already knows everything Sabrina did. So Sabrina figures out that Tommy is in limbo because in the book, she's like, oh, if you hear a crying baby and you're lost in the fog, it could be limbo. So um, 
So she actually is like, can you help me, Hilda, uh, to retrieve his soul, right? Like, go there, retrieve his soul, and come back. And then Hilda's like, well, there's like a witch's limbo and a, a mortal limbo, yeah. and you won't be able to do it. And she's like, well, I'm... I'm not a witch. Yeah, half witch. Yeah, I'm she's half in the metal, so she could do it. She's able to do that. Of course, and I love Hilda's refute. She's like, "You're assuming." <laughs> You're assuming, yeah, and which is true because Serena at this point, you know, like she's like, "I think I could do this." I love her acting in this scene, like when she's like, "The one thing I asked you not to do." <laughs> yeah, and just the the quiet anger and like interlaced with the disappointment like in her voice is just heartbreaking like I don't know how like Sabrina could stand there and be like not feel like oh I messed up you <laughs> yeah, know? yeah Hilda Sabrina and Zelda in this episode like fantastic oh yeah best performance I talked about that I agree 100%. that scene and which we'll get to is the best acting out of the whole show I think yeah. oh I, I um, agree with that I'd say so and so I, because I, I literally address that because I, I, uh, they, all do such a great job. Like the, the family is there, right? And even though Ambrose and Hilda don't have much dialogue in that scene, I mean we'll get there, we'll get there. But it's a phenomenal scene. Um, True. So at the academy, <laughs> Zelda is really killing it at choir rehearsal. Like she's like showing, she's like having them sing Do Re Mi, and yeah. she's like, oh, you know, like, and they're doing great. Agatha comes in ready to sing. Just kidding. She is <laughs> vomiting, and she like passes out. Um, but I really love the makeup effects on her throughout yeah. the episode. How she just looks more and more cadaverous. She just looks right. like more, like more, like her eyes are more sunken and shadowed. Like uh, yeah, bags around her eyes. Her yeah. cheeks look more sunken. Like her pallor changes to like more like sickly. And yeah. the the stain of dirt all down the front of her nightgown. Yeah. The entire episode just gets worse, and it's it's impressive because you see how like her situation is deteriorating. And even just by looking at her, you're like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. Oh no, she looks horrible. And and yeah, even like Father Blackwood like... says that too. He's like, why does she look yeah. like, like a, a walking cadaver? <laughs> yeah. She kind of looks like Samara from The Ring in that episode. Yeah. Like that scene specifically. Yeah. Because she yeah. comes in with like the white like gown oh, and everything. True. And she yeah. just has like the long like black hair. Sarah dies. Yeah. What does she say before she falls? I don't she probably like, was seven days. Oh, help me! I think yeah. she says help me. Yeah, it was yeah. help me. Yeah, I it's th- just like so weak. It was. It was really sad. Yeah, she looks awful too. But yeah, so Nick and the sisters fill in Blackwood, right? And and Zelda, who is there, um, and on what really happened, like the whole story, and so Zelda, kind of like asks, well, like begs to fix it. Like, she's like, I'll take care of it. It's my niece. I, I'll handle it. And Blackwood is, like, you could tell it's very, um, what's another word for pissed? Perturbed. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, but he's he's really he's upset. He's yeah. mad. <laughs> and, um, no, he's so upset by this, right, that he is like, I'm going there now to f- kill Tommy Kinkle. And Zelda's like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. It's my niece. I'll handle this. So, Ambrose then fills in Sabrina that Tommy ate some of the miners. He's like, guys, I need you to come downstairs. And so, Hilda and, and Sabrina are there. 
And that's when he's like, guys, um, some of the miners are like missing, you know, parts of their body and stuff. And there are teeth marks in their bodies. Right. And so, um, yeah. So Tommy is like 100% like a zombie now. Right. So I thought that was really eerie, but kind of cool. I don't know. I thought that was really neat when he was like, yeah, he was eating the other miners. I'm like, oh, that's so, I don't know. I thought that was awesome. Anyways, Mr. Kinkle gets in Harvey's face and Tommy tries to kill him. But luckily for Mr. Kinkle, Tommy wasn't hungry, you know, like, um, and that's what they talk about at the mortuary. They're like, well, he's not hungry yet, but he will be soon. Um, and so Sabrina's like, oh my gosh, I have to get over there. I just feel that scene is kind of heartbreaking in a way because we've already had the hints of domestic abuse that might be going on in the Kinkle household right. based on the funeral scene. Right. And this just throws it up that, yeah, it's definitely happened before and is happening. And yeah. I love that even if he's not himself, mm-hmm. even if it's not for the same reason, that right. Tommy still steps up to protect his little brother. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it's not him at this point, but that if, I think it would make Harvey feel like a part of his brother is still there. And right. that this instinct is still part of him, so maybe the rest of him is there. And it, like, as sad as it is, it, like, gives hope. Yeah. About, yeah. about their relationship. Now that is even harder. Mm-hmm. When at the end, mm-hmm. that's yeah. yeah, no, that's very true. It's very true. Um, yeah, and so now the next scene that happens, right? It's actually this is my favorite scene of acting for everybody involved. Zelda confronts Sabrina about everything, right? That Sabrina did, and they get into it, and it, it is so good. Like, I, I like their dialogue, the acting mm-hmm. from Sabrina. Uh, Karen and Chipka to Miranda Otto to one of my favorite moments. You actually see where Hilda gets gets mad mad at Sabrina. That's the first time we've ever seen that. It's the first time we've seen her raise her voice like that. Yeah. To defend Zelda. Yeah. And Zelda said it's okay. But yeah. Yeah. That's the first time. The first time we've seen her. I wish you weren't my mother. She's like, you're not my mother. So stop acting like it or something. Yeah. That's it. And 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 then she's she's like, like, oi. (laughs) And she's just like, like, hey, don't you yell at it. Because (laughs) for all intents and purposes, they are her mothers. They raised her when her mother wasn't there to do the job. So her saying that is kind of throwing all their hard work back in their faces. And, you know, where to, to Sabrina, it's just an act of rebellion for her, just to say, I need my freedom and my space, and they're really trying to look out for her like a mother would, so right. to hear that is just, like, extra hard on yeah. Zelda, I think. It is, yeah. like, it, it's it's just a super awesome scene, especially, yes. like, when you were saying before, like, it's a nice foreshadow to the end of the episode and what kind of yeah. happens right, with that. because she says, uh, don't come crying to me. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. don't come crying to me when it all blows up in your face. Right. And then, of course, things happen. It's just such a such a great scene, and everyone's acting is, like, top scale. The, yeah, I mean, how they how they act in that scene, and in, in this episode, I could... I, 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 don't, I don't know, like, the, the, the cast of this show is just, is just great. You know, it's just great. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think, like, um... The 
the show itself, like, there's been a lot of great moments for acting, right? Yeah. But this really, I, I think, was the best overall in the entire series mm-hmm. uh, so far. So far. Um, okay. And I have to give credit to all of those actors and actresses. Um, because Ambrose, even though it's small, he walks away from Sabrina because everyone's walking away from her, right? Yeah, he's like, so, he's like, you have nobody now. You don't even have me. Like, he doesn't say you don't have me, but like, right. He's like, not your your family won't even help you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. she crossed that line. You know, obviously she pissed off her aunts, right? But now even Ambrose yeah. is like, I think you've gone too far. Yeah. So. Uh, so we're actually going to take a break for a second so you can hear from our sponsor. And welcome back, guys. Thanks, Chris, for giving that ad. You did a great job. You sound very professional, man. Thanks. Yeah, I like the way you use words. <laughs> complete sentences. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way you move. Do, 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 do. So... Um, getting back to the show, Sabrina, realizing her family won't help, she turns to Wardwell and confesses to everything that she did about the resurrection, stealing the book, and then Wardwell... Wardwell pretends to be surprised. She's like, oh my, you did that? (laughs) Gosh. Um, so then Wardwell actually agrees to help, and she knows of the portal, luckily, to go to that will pass over to Limbo. And so she's like, hey, I know this real cool hot spot that we could go to that you can cross over into Limbo and hopefully find Tommy. I love her. I just love every scene she's in. Madam Satan? Uh, well, Wardwell, yes. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think she was such a great actress and such a, like, a huge... Um, she's like an, in, I don't know how to say it, but like this show really works. Like she's almost like a, 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 like a backbone to the show, even though she's not like a main character, but there's something about her that like, even though she's the bad guy, she's just she, really like her presence. Yes. Yeah. So even when she's not doing anything in the scene, like she just has such a gravitas that you have to like stare at her and be like, yeah. what are you doing? I think she has like these unique eyes too, uh, which... Very expressive. I, yeah, and and like it's just so, like I don't know. She's she so, get those big crazy eyes sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm into it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, back back at the mortuary, Zelda and Hilda discuss how they have been unfit to raise Sabrina. Right, like they're like, um, Zelda is actually whipping herself at first, and Hilda's like, what the hell are you doing? Don't do that. And then yeah, she's she, so she, distraught while she's doing right. it, like she's yeah. sobbing. She, she, yeah, she, yeah, she feels so bad to yell at, at Sabrina because I, I love when she's like at the end of the scene of that scene when she's like, I would she's crying like when she's saying she's like, I would never do that to Sabrina like when she says that. Yeah, I, I love that. She's like, I don't want to say no to Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, which actually that's what hit me really hard because yeah. that's when I started to tear up too. Because I I think that's how it is for parents. Like, they don't want to say no to their children, but they know what's best for them, you know? And, like, they're always looking out. But Zelda, throughout the whole episode and most of the season, is so self-assured. She's so confident and, you know, just very sure of herself and what she wants and who she is. And we see that moment of doubt where she asks Hilda, do you think we should have let Diana's family take her? 
you know, and yeah. it's the first time she questions the decision that she made, and mm. we get to see this vulnerable moment from her, which yeah. we don't get very many. Right. Um, yeah. Because she tries to keep up that facade, and yeah. it just breaks so much that, you know, even, like, by whipping herself, I think she's, like, breaking that facade down herself. Yeah. And I love the reveal that she wanted to take Sabrina because she looks so much like their brother Edward, and mm. she's... I, she's like, I couldn't say no. And it's just such a soft, tender moment for her. Yeah. And she said, I could never say no to Sabrina. And that's uh, Hilda's that's amazing line. <laughs> yeah. You always say no to Sabrina. <laughs> she just never listens to you. Yeah. But I, 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 I love so that. So it was a great sister moment, too. Yeah. And, like, just a great bit of character acting between them. Yeah. And, and the only time I feel like in the show that we've seen Zelda act this way is when she killed Hilda, right? And lost her forever mm-hmm. in uh, Dreamhouse, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, I feel like that's the deepest cut we got to see of Zelda, and you see she is actually very uh, emotional and loves her family so mm-hmm. much, right? Uh, like, she's devoted, but to lose her sister forever, the thought of it, just wrecked her like she couldn't even get off the ground you know what i mean like in the real world like not in the dream world right the closest we've gotten to that moment is when they were sitting up waiting for sabrina to come back from the academy yeah and uh she's like oh i thought i'd sit up and read and hilda's like oh should i put a kettle on and like that soft moment between them after their fight yeah just was uh like we got a glimpse of it Mm -hmm. and i think here it really is is cemented yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because I I think that's the best thing you could say about Zelda, is she's so in love with the like her family more than anything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes she can play it off like I I'm so devoted to the craft, right? Like to witchcraft. But like in reality, I think it's family first, and mm-hmm. and like which is great. And um, to see this moment for her Miranda Otto to play it the way she did was phenomenal I I think it's um like this episode had literally the best acting from everyone involved uh to to uh Ross Lynch as Harvey Harvey. Kinkle to Sabrina to um Kieran Shipka's Sabrina to the aunties and even Ambrose you know so Father Blackwood then at the academy he actually asks the weird sisters to go ahead and kill Tommy. He's like, I'm not going to wait for Zelda. I'm, I want you guys to go ahead, kill the, that Kinkle boy. And uh, so they're like, yeah, deal. So the next shot we see is literally um, the the weird sisters approaching the Kinkle house. Yeah. And, but they are quickly stopped by Nick Scratch yeah. using the old spike through the footprints trick he learned from the movie Warlock. Um, but no, he, he stops them. And this is what I'm talking about. Nick Scratch the whole time is like, hey guys, listen, we gotta, we gotta help Agatha. You know, she's dying. Like, Sabrina, what are you gonna do? And then um, the moment that like they're about to do something he stops them yeah why because he's the devil and he wants wants things to play out the way they do also i also thought of the movie warlock during that did you really i did oh my god 
no one Julian I talked to. Sands. Yeah, you know that movie too? Yes, I know. Oh Warlock. my gosh. <laughs> well, no, a lot of people, I, I'll talk about that movie and they're like, what are you talking about? So, we're gonna, never sorry. mind. I'm not even going to that story. Yeah, we can talk watch Warlock after this. <laughs> yeah, we'll just watch Warlock. I gotta after watch it. I never watched it. Dude, it's it. so good. There, it's there's literally really a part good. where they're like nailing, like uh, they have a hammer and they're nailing into his footprints. He's yeah. like, ah, and yeah, he has no, to like I, pick out the nails. I saw, I saw that kind of scene before in another movie. It wasn't that movie, but it was something else inspired by that. Oh, Die Hard. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm just messing. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, no, I he has glasses saw, and feet. But I never. saw that before, though. So yeah, I um, don't love it. But yeah, you know, we'll talk about Warlock after off off air if you want. Um, but at the portal, Sabrina crosses over with the help of Mrs. Wardwell. Yeah. Mrs. Wardwell leads her there, and she's like, "Okay, go on in. I'll have like the string ready to pull you back. Like you could follow follow this back to get out." Yeah. Um, but inside Limbo, Sabrina actually runs into her mother, Diana, and which is quickly interrupted by a soul eater. They hear this creature just go, yeah. and um, that was awful. I'm sorry. Uh, for, <laughs> that was for the genuine, Really? Oh. Um, maybe I should do that voice for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you're just nauseous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. So, wait. Um... So the Soul Eater comes, right? And we don't see it. It's actually... We don't get to... It's all audio. It's right. It's all like... No budget but for that. she then separates from her mother, but runs into Tommy, who is confused. He's like, where am I? Am I in, like, the mine? And it's actually really kind of, like, funny at first, because he's like, what's going on? Sabrina, what are you doing here? And um, she's like, Tommy, we gotta go. So she quickly grabs Tommy yeah. and tries to escape... But it is too late. The Soul Eater ends up eating Tommy. Yeah, you hear because she's like running off. with them. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, like. Do we this know that for sure? Story. What that the Soul Eater got him? Do, do we know that, or is Wardwell just saying? That? Well, I, I, I actually, um, oddly yeah, enough, I thought when I was yeah. watching this that mm-hmm. Wardwell maybe sent something in mm-hmm. to uh, to ha- make that happen. Mm-hmm. Do, you know I, what I mean? I feel like he's probably still there somewhere. It just seemed like, I don't know, I, I, she was too quick to be like, well, oh, he's time, gone. I think Wardwell's interference was her getting rid of the, the tether back. Yeah. And that way she would have to spend more time in there and have more chance of losing him. So I yeah. really think he is gone. Yeah. But, like, I thought, you know, Wardwell was pretending to be surprised that he was gone. Yeah. Like, she expected her, Sabrina to come back through alone. And this is the scene I was talking about when she's talking to Diana. And Diana says, my baby was baptized. So if she had had more than one, I feel like she would have had both of them baptized. So that's why I think there's only one child. Right, yeah. Because they talk about um, baptism. Like, baptized babies won't go to limbo. Um, Like, and if, uh, in this instance... Diana is not baptized, but Sabrina was. So Sabrina shouldn't be there. Right. And, yeah. Well, the thing is, though, you were talking about the two babies on the altar. Right. So I feel like if she had one child, like, she would have been as equally as protective of the other one. So I feel right. like had she had two, she would have said, my babies were baptized, not just my baby. Yeah. Um, Unless she didn't know. Right? Like, maybe one died? I don't know. Well, I mean, you would still know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
But I, I understand what you're saying. That's, that's it why is like, I think yeah, that it is. I mean, I could one. be wrong, but that's just, I feel like that line kind of gave it away for me. I'm just like obsessed with two babies. <laughs> what, are, what does it mean? I honestly don't think the second baby was real. I think it was like symbolizing her light and dark half. Yeah. But it was okay. just actually like that, that it wasn't actually two children, but like two sides of herself. Oh, I mean, that makes more sense. Maybe there's another baby. I don't know. We'll have like, you know. <laughs> Metaphor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I just did a, a, a Drax thing. Metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we, uh, so Tommy at this point, I think, um, is gone. Like his soul has gone forever. Kind of yeah. like the, the story, uh, that I always try to push on you, Orpheus, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, so anyways, at the bookstore, Roz talks to Susie and admits to seeing things. She then tells Susie that Sabrina is a witch. Yeah. And, and you, um, and you see Wardwell in the background listening. So that's why I think Wardwell is completely against Sabrina. Like, oh, of she, course. She, she has a, a plan. She has to have a plan. What, what do you think? Just plan found is? that out. No, that she's no, against. no. I know she always was, but I'm just saying, like that's how you know, like you know. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, and um, yeah, she's talking to her familiar, which his name is Solus, right? Solus. Solus. Or Solus. I forget. Solus. Um, and but she's talking to her crow, Raven, yeah. and she's like, oh, yada yada yada. Now the next visit is to her friends. Mm -hmm. So at the coffee shop, they're talking and they're like, Sabrina's a witch. And then Susie's like, oh yeah, I know. Cause I actually found internals about the whole Spellman family being, um, tied to witches, witches, witches and stuff. Yeah. So anyways, at the Kinkle house, Sabrina confesses to Harvey that she is a witch and performed a ritual. Mm -hmm. To bring Tommy back from the dead. And that Tommy isn't really Tommy. That it's just... I don't know. Like, it's not... It, it, that's not really Tommy that's sleeping. It's yeah, just like almost like... Empty vessel. Empty yeah, vessel. Perfect. I couldn't think of a word. And um, so Harvey comes from... Oh, and she also reveals that he comes from a family of witch hunters, right? So Harvey... Um, Sabrina's like, I have to kill him because it's the right thing to do. He won't, like, his soul is gone. He won't be your brother. He's not really your brother. But Harvey actually takes responsibility for it instead, for his mm -hmm. brother, and asks Sabrina to leave and not to bother to talk to him for a while. So she leaves, and Harvey pulls the trigger on killing his brother. Uh, literally. Um, <laughs> and it's a very tough thing to watch. Um, the way they, they stage that, right? Like the, the blocking of the scene to that door from the beginning of the episode to the very end. It, it was almost like a character itself. It's like, uh, it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it, it was like there the whole time. There's always this eerie feeling behind that door. And then finally he's like approaching to take care of it. And while he's doing that, we see Sabrina outside. She walks past the weird sisters who are still stuck past Nick. And as she's walking, you hear the gunshot and Harvey like pulled the trigger. Um, 
it's it's actually really really tough i was actually tearing up for him because i feel like it's a loss of innocence for harvey as well there's actually if you pay attention to that scene like when he gets up from the table and turns into the hallway there's a single tear going down his cheek yeah and like you know you the, the loss he hasn't even done anything yet. It's just so palpable because it became real to him that his suspicions that his brother's not going to be normal again, it's not going to be the same again, yeah. are like now confirmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that hope that he had, right, is kind of crushed yep. by Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a very emotional scene. There's a lot of weight to it. And I think, and we know Sabrina had his interest like his best interest right like she was trying to do this because harvey was so upset that he lost his brother um <clears throat> but this may have been worse and the last scene we see is sabrina she arrives home and she breaks down on the stairs of her front porch crying to Aunt zelda about losing harvey um which Again, just, just made me wind, cry even more. The, the wind picks up. Yeah. Kind of like in uh, symmetry, in complement to when they started the spell. That, that The wind. wind yeah. that started. And to show that the balance has been restored. But at the same time, you know, she's just devastated by it. And then her and Zelda just holding each other on the steps... I cried. I cried so Oh, um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like immediately forgiving her. You know what I mean? Like, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that scene with Zelda and, and yeah. Sabrina, the, the last scene. Because that's, that's great. It, it's hard to be mad at Sabrina, but, like, Harvey is justified 100%. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, and I... Because how many times did he tell Sabrina, like, I don't have anything in common with my dad or my grandpa. Like, Tommy's the only person I have in that house. Yeah. And now he's gone, so it's like even his home is not a a shelter for him. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's really um it's definitely one of the I think it might be my favorite episode of the season. I agree. Yeah. I I really do. I I think I it's so, the best of the season. Yeah, and and um I just think not only for the performances but the writing, the just the character development and choices uh, are so good. But uh, so here's uh, a thing, I guess, that I have to here's, say. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's something that I, I kind of want to point out in this. Throughout this entire show, Sabrina always gets in trouble for interfering in mortal affairs, right? Yeah. Like, throughout this entire show, right? Yeah. She always is getting in trouble. Agatha doesn't even get so much as a slap in the wrist for creating the situation. Right. Right? Like, she doesn't even get a slap in the wrist for it. So it's like, everyone's like, oh, well, Sabrina that this, we Sabrina see. that. Because right. she's not the, the protagonist of the story. And, I mean, for all that, she did end up coughing up blood, like, dirt and turnips. And yeah. So, I mean, she still has her her payback for it. I mean, she still suffers for it. I mean, yeah. Maybe she didn't get a slap on the wrist, but she got a slit of the Slice across the throat. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess one's dead, one's just coughing up. I don't know. Yeah. That's a moment yeah. that gave us, like, some sympathy for the sisters even after what they'd done. Right. Because we see them, like, physically suffering. 
So like you you want them to get their comeuppance and to feel remorseful for what they did, and I think I think we start to see that from them. Yeah, I think especially I I feel like um, Prudence is kind of a I don't know I I I think she really turns around in she that show. She does have quite an arc. This yeah. Over the season. Yeah, I feel like she has like she starts off being like the the meanest of the weird sisters like and then becomes like yeah <laughs> a Cheryl Blossom like she's like the um you get really emotionally invested in her character and actually care for her when the feast of feasts like you are like well no I don't want her to be Ian she's great because you get to see her as an individual in that episode so it's, I don't know I love that um and and you know and Prudence she's a great actor too like yeah Michelle like yeah, you know, no, I I think all all the whole, the whole cast, the yeah. whole cast is just knocks it out of the park. Even Nick Scratch, that him too. lying, him too, yeah. devilish bastard. He he plays a good informational know. person. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you call him. <laughs> right, he plays a good devil. I don't know. So um, without further ado, let's talk about some Easter eggs and pop culture references. In this episode, um, first let's talk about some posters that show up at uh, the bookstore. Um, first, we see From Beyond the Grave. It's a 1974 film, uh, fitting for this episode. Um, then we see Night of the Lepus. Uh, this film came out in 1972, and it stars our buddy from Star Trek. Um, and Forrest... Uh, DeForest Kelly? DeForest Kelly, I'm sorry. I can't even talk tonight. And then the, I'm so informational. I can't stop. Uh, <laughs> so much information. But um, and then the last poster, which is very interesting, is uh kind of by Wardwell in the bookstore, and it's called The Grim Game, which came out in 1919. It's a film starring real life magician Harry Houdini. Um, Did we skip describing the scene at the bookstore? Oh, no, no, we, we talked about it. Oh, okay. I yeah. kind of zoned out, Ron, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Ross was talking about it a okay. lot. Yeah. That's why he was like, zoned out. Yeah. He's like, that's when the, he, like, we officially know that Madame Satan is not a good you know, guy. No, there was a scene of, uh, at uh, Cerberus's. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Su- Susie's scene, scene yeah. right? Oh, yeah. actually, we did skip that scene. That's probably and, my ball. And we, we skipped the scene where... Um, Zelda tells Hilda to clean up the spills in aisle five in the bookstore. Remember? Oh, we did not miss that because no, we did not miss yeah. that. Yeah, no. that's my Zelda zinger. Oh, yeah. I completely missed it. Yeah, and you completely ruined it. That, that was one of my favorite scenes in the, in the episode. Yeah, it was so fun. We didn't skip. We didn't skip it. I okay. was just reserving that line for later, okay. but it doesn't matter now. Um, so then, um, we get the town doctor, Doctor Fives, is mentioned. Um, this may be a reference to the 1971 film, The Abominable Dr. Fives, a doctor <laughs> that seeks revenge against the nine doctors that may have killed his wife, and that stars Vincent Price. Um, we also see at uh, the Kinkle home, they're watching I Walked with a Zombie, which came out in 1943. Um, and then Clive Barker contributed over 150 paintings that were used for the show. So uh, if you guys don't know who that is, we see a lot of different paintings in the show. The one mural uh, in the Spellman home. Mm-hmm. Um, Clive Barker, he's actually behind uh, Candyman and Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that. Also a made-for-TV movie on sci-fi called Saint Sinner. Oh, I haven't watched that. Also, it's terrible, yeah. but it's beautiful. <laughs> also, right. Midnight Meat Train starring Bradley Cooper. That oh I okay so let me just tell you this interesting Chris Conforti fact. Um, so Chris <laughs> saw Midnight Meat Train. He's like. I'm telling you, man, there's this actor in there. He's great. He should be a Green Lantern or something. Sure. And he was like, his name's Bradley Cooper. I, I, I think he's great. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like Bradley Cooper. Because um, he was in, at that time, I knew of... Wedding what, Crashers, right? What, how did American Summer is how I, I oh. knew him. Yeah, I just knew him from Wedding Crashers. But I was like, oh, no, he's really good. And you're like, dude, I'm telling you, he's he's the future of Hollywood. And you're right. I was right. literally saying that. Yeah. I was like, this that. guy is, like, so good. Yeah. You call that, man. Um, so I'll give you credit, because you were like, he's the future of Hollywood. Um, Before we move on, can I just talk about the Cerberus scene? Yeah. I just really love that scene. I like um, that scene, too, yeah. Because... When it's it's right before Ambrose calls Hilda to ask her to come look at Agatha. Right. So what happens is that she's in the bookshop and Susie's there and she starts getting harassed by the jocks and they're calling her names and, you know, trying yeah. to rough her up. So Hilda breaks it up and she mentions the boy by name and she's like, oh, I know all about you and starts to reveal some very personal, intimate, disturbing facts about him. And the yeah. boys are creeped out and they run away. And then yeah. Hilda's trying to, oh, she recognizes Susie. She's like, oh, you're one of Sabrina's friends. Like, Susie Putnam. What do you have yeah. there? Is that a book? I'll treat, I'll treat you to it. Yeah. Like, not yeah. even trying to get her in trouble just because she looks like a, like a cornered rabbit. And right. she jackrabbits. She runs out of the shop dropping the book. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is uh, Orlando by Sylvia Plath. I don't know if that was in your Easter eggs. <laughs> oh, I, um, no, actually, I don't think I wrote that down. Um... No, I didn't write okay. that. Um, but then, then the scene ends with her getting the phone call from Ambrose. But I just love, even when they're not her kids, like you know, it's not Ambrose, it's not Sabrina. She, she still has that motherly side that yeah. wants to defend everybody. Yeah, and you know how spooky she can be because she's always so kind of nice and bubbly. And this was like yeah. the fact that she used her power to creep out a high school boy just is like very disturbing and I, I like that dark side of her yeah you can see yeah. a lot of new sides of, of hilda in this episode yeah yeah that's true she, she really has re- reach for an actor absolutely is that the word definite range 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 yeah. yeah range um do you have anything about like could we talk about the comic uh because it's so relevant to this episode but i don't want to right. spoil anything oh no no yeah let's talk about the comic um so go ahead. The main thing was the scene, like the scenes at the Kinkle House are mostly what reminded me of the comic that this right. is based on, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. Because um, there's the knock on the door. Right. And in the comic, you know, the two of them fight about whether or not to open the door. And, you know, then it is, you know, right. back from the dead. So, I mean, I feel like that was definitely pulled from and inspired. Uh, even the scene on the couch where he starts choking the father, I feel like, is is mirroring a scene in the comic, too. I'm yeah. trying not to spoil anything that happens in the comic yeah. for people who haven't read it. Because um, it's so good. But so much of this episode is, is so much of the climax of the comic, and you can definitely see where they pulled inspiration. Absolutely. Yeah, because <clears throat> in, in, in the comic, it's different. It's actually not um, Tommy, but... And we we don't want to ruin it on you, 
But I, I would totally recommend reading the comic if you watch the show. Um, Especially if you like the artwork that's used in the intro, which is exactly the artwork that's in the comic. One, yeah. yeah, Robert Hack, who I I like, literally want him to do something. Like, I, I want to own something by <laughs> I him. I thought you were going to be like, I literally want to kiss him. I, I do want to <laughs> kiss him. I will kiss that man right on the mouth. I would kiss him real hard. He's going to like it. I'm going to kiss him Jimmy Stewart style. Because Jimmy Stewart was the best on-screen kisser. He would just smash his face into, like, the actress. And I'd... I hope by some chance he's an avid listener of the show. I, I don't know. I think Jimmy Stewart died, like, years ago. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm oh. so sorry. Oh, Who's that? Are you talking about Robert Hack? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who the other guy is. <laughs> you don't know Jimmy... Get out of here. You're such a liar. Um, so, anyways, I, I think... Um, as far as it goes, yeah, no, the, the comic is phenomenal. Robert Hack um, did the artwork, right? And mm-hmm. you see that in the opening credits. And man, even watching the opening credits today, I was uh, like, I was like, wow, this is so cool. I I just love it. It really sets the tone for the show. I I wish it was a little more darker, like the con- like the comic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some visuals from it or something, but. Even still, like, it, it still has that. Um, and Roberto Aguirre Casa, who, like, is the showrunner of this, right? He actually wrote that first comic, The Crucible. So, and it's really, really good, and you guys should check it out. Agreed. Now, let's get into some witch notes. Um, Chris, do you want to read them off? No, I think you should. Or Ross? Yeah, so let's have Ross doing this one. Yeah, you know Ross hasn't done Ross hasn't anything. done them yet. Yeah, you did the uh, Here we go. Here goes, here goes nothing. <laughs> All right, ready? Oh, I'm I hope so there's some Latin in there. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. I don't it. think there was any Latin in this episode. Yeah, do it. All right, I'm not going to say in Latin, but I mean, I'll, I'll read them. <laughs> no, you have to say it in Latin. No, actually, anything that's in English, just read in Latin. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't. Anything in Latin, just read it in English. I, I, I'm just going to read it and hope for the best. Okay, just, oh, we got it. Yeah. All right, uh, here's the witch's notes. Um, Father Blackwood mentions penance of the flesh. Uh, Catholics use mortician as a form of penance. Uh, mortician? Wi- Is that right? Let me see. Let me see. Oh, there. Right. Uh, mortification. Oh. Mortification. <laughs> mortification. Okay. I thought it was mortician. All right. Um, Wiccans use a scourge in the rites for purification. Purification? Yeah. Father Blackwood mentions that his wife isn't more open to polymory and laments the old days. Laments. 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 I think that's polyamory. Yeah, I think polyamory. Yeah, yeah. Um,. He might be referring to the Middle Ages descriptions of witches, uh, Sabbat or Sabbat? Sabbat. Sabbat, which were reportedly, uh, or I, I can't, you read this. Okay, I don't know where you left off, but I'll do my best. Okay, so <clears throat> he might be referring to the Middle Ages descriptions of a witch's Sabbat, which were reportedly orgiastic rites yeah. or demonic orgies. Sounds like a normal night for you, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder why you don't want to read it. You're like, well, I don't want people to know Deja what I had to. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so Tommy scratches at a mirror until Harvey 
steers him away. Victorians covered the mirrors in a room where someone had died so that the soul would not be trapped there. Now, superstition says that the devil invented mirrors for this purpose. Is that true, Russ? I don't know. <laughs> I thought you would know. We should ask Nick. <laughs> we should ask yeah. Nick yeah. would know. Send this to, to the actor. Yeah, Gavin, Gavin Leatherwood. Yeah. We'll send it to him. He'll know. He'll be like, oh, I know this answer. He's actually the devil. Oh, but contractually, I can't say. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ambrose is given a familiar named Leviathan, um, the name appears in the Bible as a sea monster. And in quotation, In that day the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent. Even Leviathan can crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Isaiah 27.1 um, Now limbo in in Catholic theology is from the Latin word limbus, meaning edge or the edge of hell in abode of unbaptized babies and those who met untimely deaths. Soul Eater is from African folklore. Now, the creature that takes the form of a large dog and feasts on souls would be considered the Soul Eater. Um, <laughs> Nick drives spikes into the footprints of the sisters to keep them in place. Hoodoo foot track magic uses the dirt from a person's footprint to cast a spell on that person. Driving a nail through a witch's footprint to cause pain and hinder them was also used in the 1989 <laughs> film Warlock starring Julian Sands. We're not so alone. Weird. Yeah, we're not alone. No. Guys, so watch weird. Warlock. It's a great movie. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it. Um, Sabrina crosses over into Limbo. It's very similar to Orpheus's journey to the underworld to retrieve the soul of his wife, Hades Eurydice. Right? Is that how Eurydice? You... Yeah, and um, to retrieve the soul of his wife, Hades instructs him to leave without looking back. But just as at the exit, he's playing her out. Right? He's using his lyre to play her out, and he can't look back. Like Hades is like, if you look back before the exit, you lose her forever. So Orpheus is playing her out, playing her out, and he reaches the exit, and he doesn't give enough time. He immediately looks back, and she's sucked back into the underworld, gone forever. Um, so that is our witch's nose. That's actually one of my favorite Greek stories, to be honest. I just love the story, because she's bitten on the ankle by a snake. She goes to the underworld, and Orpheus is so sad, he starts playing his music, and the gods are weeping. And the gods and all of the dead. <laughs> right, are just like, oh my god, man, and why are you playing this song? And uh, <laughs> and he makes a deal with Hades, and Hades is like, hey, if you can get her to pass the threshold, uh, the exit, you can you can have her back. But if she if you look back before then, you lose her forever. And unfortunately, he gets through, but he cuts it short because he looks back before she makes it through. Mm. So it's one of my favorite stories. Anyways, thanks to Relevant our. Relevant to this episode, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, it's parallel. basically Tommy um, on the hands of Sabrina, and she's just trying to pull him out of there. And, you know, she doesn't get him out on time. And it's very, very similar. I actually do. Yeah, I can see that. But anyways, 
Thanks to our friendly neighborhood witch for giving us those notes. She is amazing, and we appreciate all the hard work you put into our show, um, because you're the only one that does. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) pretty much she is. Yeah, we um, just show up and talk shit. Right? Yeah, we just show up, and I like I wrote stuff out. Uh, Ross. Here. Russ is here, and Chris Chris did the ad. So Chris, thanks for. <laughs> I did the ad. That's all I did. <laughs> no, no, Chris, thank you. To be fair, you said, "Oh, I have everything wrote down." I was like, "All right, fine. I just phoned right. it in today." Hey, yeah. I, I. That's have what he said. So. I'm like, I might as well just Anthony Hopkins this. Yeah. Just phone it right in. Oh, Wolfman. Yeah. 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 Well, the prodigal son is returned. I'm oh, sorry. This <laughs> anyways. Close enough. Um, Ross, do you have some plugs? This yeah. is Ross's job, right? Now, yeah. So it's <laughs> my job. It's my job. I'm, I'm the I'm the, the plug man. You know? Plug it up. Plug it up, baby. Yeah. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Ross. Time, Time to fly. fly. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Chilling Coven. If you want to email us, we're at Chilling Coven at gmail.com. And thanks for L. Thanks to Al for being a special guest. Thanks. Yeah, thank yeah, you so thank much, you man. So much. Thank you. And thanks to our uh, friendly neighborhood witch for giving us witches notes again. Thank you for putting all the hard work into our show yep, that you. we don't do. And also, I yeah. would like to plug um, one more thing, Chris. I I want to talk about. <laughs> He doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have literally no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> he's just looking at me. He just expects you to know. What are we supposed to be plucking? <laughs> That's it. That's, That's all. it. Show's right. over. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. Actually, I do want to take a, a second. Um, my friend Adam, he is doing music. It's available on Spotify. Just look up Adam Farley's music. Um, he has about seven songs out there. I recommend Hold On Blue Eyes. It's one of my favorites. Um, so you guys could check that out. Also, you could check out our another friend of ours, uh, E57. They're kind of like an alternative band. They're on Spotify. And um, I think that's it. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, guys, um, I guess we can end the show and say our catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs>